Welcome to the Birth Lounge Podcast, an empowering space for expecting and new parents to hear candid conversations with experts, support your mental health, and learn the tips and tricks that thousands of parents have used to craft their ideal birth. We will answer all of your questions, the scary ones and the weird ones, to help calm your fears and feel confident going into your birth. I'm going to help you redefine what birth and motherhood looks like and how to embrace your journey. I've intentionally crafted an amazing list of experts to help you navigate pregnancy, explore your birth options, and plan for postpartum so it can be a time of soaking in your tiny human. We're going to go there on all the hard topics so that you can dive into finding your confidence and freeing yourself from fears around childbirth. With almost 10 years of experience in family education and a master's degree in human development and family studies, I created this podcast as a way to share information so parents can make educated and informed decisions about their care during pregnancy and childbirth. This is a birth community driven by evidence-based information and research in hopes to help you explore your options, understand your rights, and know what choices you have along the way. I'm your host, Hee Hee. Now let's get to the good stuff. Hey y'all, and welcome back to another episode of the Birth Lounge Podcast. Today, I'm so excited to dive into symphysis pubic dysfunction. A lot of us know it as SPD with the co-founder of Expecting Empowered, Crystal Howell. Crystal, welcome. Excited to be here. We are so excited to dive in. So this is something that I think a lot of people kind of know about. And then there's a section of people who have experienced it. And this is a section of people who like have no idea what we're talking about. All right. So very basic, starting us off, what is SPD? Okay. So pubic synthesis dysfunction, there are three bones in our pelvis and they connect. One of them's or two of them connect in the front to make up our pubic synthesis. So people will experience a lot of discomfort or pain with this around pregnancy. And it happens for a magnitude of reasons. People used to think, oh, it's just the hormones. So relaxin is pumping through our system, which is very important. Relaxin relaxes all our joints and muscles, but it doesn't just like relax our vaginal area. It like goes throughout the entire body. But what we do know from recent literature is that unfortunately, if that's not the only reason, because if it was the only reason pubic synthesis would spike when relaxin spikes. And so most people's symptoms don't spike all the time with those spikes in relaxin. So then it's caused from a magnitude of different things. It's caused from having unbalanced hips or pelvis or not enough support in our pelvic floor. So there's so many muscles that attach above the pubic bone. So our abdominal muscles, and then so many muscles that attach below the pubic bone, like our adductor or our groin and our pelvic floor. So going into pregnancy, it's really nice to have symmetry in these areas because some old injuries can like catch up to us. So for example, if you fell on ice one time, or if you fell water skiing, any imbalances in this pelvic can also make you a little bit more predisposed to this condition during your pregnancy. And then too, I think a lot of people think, well, um, I go into my OB, I say that it bothers me. And they're like, it just kind of happens during pregnancy and then it should go away. And often it does go away. 
because one of the reasons it happens is the biomechanics that change during pregnancy. So as baby grows, that uterus is kind of, as we all see it, is going to spill over onto the front side. And it's there's going to be a lot of extra weight and pressure, which also makes that big arch in our lower backs. So when that happens, of course, there's more pressure on the, these front bones and our pelvis kind of tips like this. So if we have strength though, we can kind of offset and that, and then if we're breathing through our diaphragm, we can also change those things. But sometimes it really doesn't go away after labor and delivery, or some moms could have it, not experience it at all during pregnancy. And then because of labor and deliver being in awkward positions or having the epidural on and not understanding that their body is sore because that we're not getting that input back if we had the epidural, then they could have it postpartum. And they're like, what the heck is this? This is new to me. That is wild. Okay. So what does this actually feel like? A lot of people will talk about lightning crotch. Is that the same thing? Yeah. I feel like that term gets muddled into it. So what SPD feels like is, and one out of five women will experience this in their pregnancies. So that's a lot, you guys. So some common factors that you would see is when you're turning over in bed, you're like, Oh, I do not like that feeling. And it just feels like uncomfortable. And, or like you can't do it because it's painful. Or if you go to put up your, pull up your pants and you're standing on one leg and then your pelvis feels like a little bit wonky. Again, these like weird feelings, it usually happens in transitional movements. So I go from like sit to stand and I'm walking and then it hurts. Or I'm trying to get out of my car and I bring my leg out like Britney Spears, you know, when she flashed everybody. If we're spreading our legs like that wide, like as we're getting out of the car, you can feel that uncomfortable feeling. So it will feel either like a mild, uncomfortable feeling to arrange up to like, oh my God, I literally can't lift my leg up. And lightning crotch can be classified as like the same thing, but you can also have lightning crotches when there's like a sensation that goes down your leg. And that usually clinically speaking would be more when there's nerves getting pinched and it sends a shooting feeling down your leg, but often to that this pubic synthesis pain can refer down the leg too. So I think they kind of get mashed together. As does many things in women's health. Okay, so SPD, is it really that those two pubic bones are grinding together or is it that all the hormones and the weight shift and the out-aligned pelvis is just pulling on things in a way that is funky? Yeah, so I think it's both. I think the hormones definitely play their role, but I think it used to all be blamed on hormones. And then they used to say, there's nothing we can do about it. It's just pregnancy, which now we know that's not true. There is, there is factors that will create more of that asymmetry there. So if my pelvis is high on one side and low on one side like that, do you see that? So people that are also they call it pelvic girdle pain, but can also have problems in the back. So where our sacrum meets our two hip bones can also create more of a dysfunction. Because if there's dysfunction in the front, there's also a change or a slip in the back of that those bones. You guys, if you're listening on the podcast, you need to head to our YouTube channel so that you can see this in real life. Like when Crystal's moving the pelvis, when she moves the back, it moves the front. Same thing when she moves the front, it moves the back and it makes everything unaligned. Like 
Oh my gosh, head to our YouTube. You really need to see this. That just blew my mind. Okay, so you, you say there are things that we can do. Like what? What are some things that will help at home or even, I guess, clinically that we might be able to talk to our doctor about? Yes. So there's so much. I like to say in this kind of scenario, you got like a pissed off ex-girlfriend thing happening where the pubic synthesis is like hot on fire. So so I personally am very passionate about this topic because I had it during my first pregnancy. And if you would have asked me like how my pregnancy is going, I'm like, amazing. This is like so great until I've like learned more and we invented expecting and empowered. So during my first pregnancy, I would go for a run and I could run all the time and it wouldn't hurt while I was running. And then I would shower and then I would literally crawl from the shower to the couch. And my husband was like, dude, you are a psycho. How long are you going to do this for? <laughs> so, so there's a lot we can do. So when I was crawling, some things that I would do to get myself out of pain are avoidance. So I'm going to avoid anything that I am going to make my pelvis asymmetrical with. Well, good luck with that. Cause a lot of things do that, which are walking, um, running, twisting and rotating, but in all seriousness, there's a lot of things that we can do to change those. So when I would be um, putting on my pants, instead of putting them on like how we normally do one leg in and that I would actually sit down at my house. So I would sit on the chair, put my legs through the pants and then stand up to pull them on. Additionally, anything that there's a lot of rotation with, so vacuuming, and sweeping. So instead of like shifting, like you're rotating, like we normally do in that, I could run the vacuum where I'm literally walking alongside it like this. So the vacuum's right by my side, or if I'm sweeping, I'm just sidestepping side to side. I can also get out of my car. Like I'm not Britney Spears. So if I have no undies on, I'm not flashing anybody. It's just small little baby steps until I'm out of the car. Then I can use the handles on the car to get up and out of the car by pulling down on those instead of using my legs. In bed, you want to do what's called log rolling. So the, the purpose of log rolling is that I keep this trunk in line with my pelvis so that I'm not putting too much pressure through one area. So if I'm log rolling to the left, I'm going to use my right leg and my right arm and I'm going to press through the bed. And I'm also going to reach with that arm across. Then I'm going to be on my side and then I'm going to let my legs drop off the bed and push up with that left elbow to get into a position where that's not so bothersome. Usually when we're pregnant, we're just like, yo, we're going to crush this day. That's usually not what pregnant people are thinking in the morning. But if I were a really, really hyped up pregnant person, I could be thinking that. But usually we just like get out of bed, you know, like where you just do the leg kick, like a little donkey. So yeah. no donkey kicking <laughs> if you have pubic synthesis pain that will kill your crotchy. And then my overzealous athletes, I love you, but we have to think a little bit more diligently about what we're doing for athletics during this time. Because <clears throat> for a couple of reasons, A, the more that you irritate the pubic synthesis, um, the more you can irritate with the pelvic floor. The pelvic floor has to relax for labor and delivery. 
Otherwise, it, it can create stalls in labor and delivery and make that more complicated. So you really wanna take care of this area during pregnancy so that labor and delivery is better, that recovery is better. So for athletics, sometimes, like I said, my story, running is a dynamic sport and you're on one leg. So I'm transferring load to one leg, transferring it to the other leg. That will peeve off a pubic synthesis because I got to transfer the load across the pubic synthesis. That area needs that load transfer across. It don't like that sometimes. So my cue would be, it's just a short period of time. So if we've got to cut the running, that's better than irritating this area. So you could try, try doing different things. So we could try to shorten the duration of the run, see if that would be helpful. And again, if that's not, maybe, maybe right now running isn't our main go-to strategy. I, Cause I thought I was gonna be like the 39 week pregnant person running. That, that never happened with any of my three pregnancies. <laughs> Okay, so I'm thinking too, like going upstairs. What if you have stairs in your house and they're part of your everyday thing? Are you turning sideways and sidestepping upstairs so that your legs are never alternating? So that's hard because either way you dice it, you're going to be transferring load. So I would try, if I had it, I would try to go up like stepping but not letting your belly hang out. This is the other thing. And I probably get slack for this, but whatever, it's okay. But when we're pregnant, now it's like so cute to wear all the tight clothes and then be like, check out this bump. Because for a while, it does look like you ate a cheeseburger, like too many cheeseburgers. It does. <laughs> and you didn't yourself. So I, I fully know this because I did it too. But you want to like push your bump out instead of keeping it above your pelvis. So when we push our bump out, again, that's going to put so much pressure on our pubic bone. So you almost want to kind of hold whole baby up and in. That's going to be activating our deep core, which will protect this area. So when I'm going upstairs or something that I know is going to peeve it off, I could inhale, exhale, make this tight, no, no bumpy, bumpy, whole baby up and over my pelvis and then go up the stairs and it probably will feel a lot better. So for people who haven't been doing that throughout their pregnancy, so they're kind of, they're just hearing this and maybe they are 37, 38 weeks pregnant. And so they don't have that store, that core stability that we would have had if we had been doing it during pregnancy, holding the belly. If we interlace our fingers and actually pick up on the belly while we walk upstairs or while we do, you know, from sitting to standing, would that be helpful to alleviate some of the pressure that's on that pubic bone? Yes, but I would also argue that your core didn't run away. So, so too, you really want to be activating it as much as you can. So you could do the same exact strategy, but with a little assistance. It's like a Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen team. So yep. you, you would inhale, exhale, lift the baby and the belly up. This is also, see, you like no PT without going to PT school. But <laughs> also use that as to relieve some pressure on that pubic synthesis. So sometimes you could go against a wall and then just pull baby up and just hold that. That feels so good to like hold your bump up and over your pelvis to get pressure off that pubic synthesis. That's amazing. Okay. Now, I guess one of my last questions is, are we going to see this flare up during labor or in pushing? Because the pubic bone obviously is going to get a lot of action during that time. Is this something that's going to impact birth itself? 
So if you know the positions, like what positions to be in during labor and delivery, it, it shouldn't be like a big deal. And people that have it, that is a really scary thought because it can be quite painful. And then you're like, wow, then I have to like do essentially a huge athletic event to meet baby. So some positions that we would think about avoiding in labor and delivery, if this was really, really tender on somebody are a lot of those asymmetrical movements. So, and when baby hits the mid pelvis, it's kind of instinctual to be moving side to side. So usually somebody would use like a step and they can be moving like this that might really hurt on somebody that has pubic synthesis pain. So to get some asymmetrical movement though, I could also, instead of standing, I could lay on my side with a peanut ball here and I could be rolling my hip back and forth because that's still gonna allow baby to kind of work its way down. I could also be sitting on the stability ball because then too, I'm not loading through those joints. So I could be sitting on a stability ball, one leg's in, I'm rolling towards that leg, coming back, rolling towards that leg, coming back. Hot water is going to be something that's going to help with some of the pain really. Um, but the brain is so interesting because it works like this. Whatever is like the top dog usually gets the most attention. So when your uterus is like about to erupt, it, it won't actually erupt. But when it's like screaming at you that the baby needs to come out, you might feel the pubic synthesis pain a little, but it ain't going to be your main concern at that time, usually. That is so true. It always seems to kind of like melt away and you get on the other side and you're like, oh yeah, I did have pubic pain at one point, but then contractions happened. <laughs> yeah. And then the other tip too is usually, so when you get to the pushing phase of labor, the baby's head is literally going to, the back of the head is going to be here if they're coming out the right way. And then they're going to kind of push up and around this pubic. They're going to like literally push their Hurtle head up. to get up and around. Yes. And then be like, hello. Um, so when that happens though, if you had pubic synthesis pain, if you have an epidural on board, two tips, I would elevate the bed because then it can kind of slide out and then come up and around. I actually have three tips or I'd lay on my side because then I have my sacrum free. But if the provider is really not jiving with that, I would put a towel roll on one side of my sacrum, a rolled up towel right here. And that would help not to have to like push up and around because otherwise they got to come across this pubic bone or I'm sorry, the tailbone. And then they're really pushing into your pubic bone. So that pushing phase is really important. And then you don't want to scrunch down. Sometimes two people say like the, they'll cue you to like, like contract down and push hard, but I want to keep my spine neutral because then I can actually be more powerful in my contraction downward. And again, remember the uterus does most of the work. So our job is just to have the pelvic floor relax. And to breathe correctly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. cool. yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. This has been amazing. I feel like people are leaving with now understanding what SPD is, what they can do about it, what causes it, what makes it worse, how to handle it in labor. So if people are interested in working with you and you also mentioned um, programs through Expecting and Empowered, tell us about those and how people can connect with you. Yes. So my sister and I own Expecting and Empowered together. So we do pregnancy and postpartum apps. I'm a PT and my sister is a doula and a nurse. 
So like I said, my first pregnancy before we created Expecting and Empowered when I was just a psycho workouter, which I still am, but now it's a controlled fashion. I had the worst pubic synthesis pain. I literally didn't think that I would be able to, because I also own Empower Movement Physical Therapy. And so we treat patients there and I'm like very aggressive with them. Like I want to get the job done. You know, I want them to feel good when they walk out the door. So often I'm like putting a leg up on a table, I'm straddling them, I'm up on the table. And I was like, I don't care who walks through my door, but I cannot straddle you right now. This is really, really painful with the pubic synthesis pain. So when we, then my sister calls me and like, you want to do this like side thing? You want to create this? Women need this. And I was like, yeah, sounds great. When we created it though, when we were testing it, I was pregnant with my second. I had pubic synthesis pain starting at 15 weeks. It literally went away in five weeks after we started testing this. And the difference was, is I'm just working on making sure that the deep, deep musculature in my hips is supported. And I went to weightlifting classes and stuff, but I wasn't doing that because I wasn't using what's called my hip rotators or my abs correctly during pregnancy. I was probably overdoing some of those things or supporting with my pelvic floor. All of those things are in the pregnancy guide. And then in the postpartum guide, we're slowly ticking things back up. I think people get pubic synthesis pains sometimes too, when they go back to doing something not, not so like far before they're supposed to. So we're basically step-by-step building somebody's core back up and then static to dynamic exercises. So long story short, I feel like those guides in help insanely if you have cubic synthesis pain. And again, like, should we care now? Yes. But sometimes our human brain is like, I got too much stuff to do to care now. But people that have these problems, they usually kind of like see other problems occur later in life. So people that actually sneeze, so they cough, laugh, sneeze, and they pee a little bit in pregnancy. 15 years later are like 10 times more likely to be incontinent than their counterpart. So hopefully you didn't pee right there. And then, and then, so it really matters as we age, we really need to take care of our body in this like really precious time period. So two things about that. A, yes, you can get rid of it if you start to strengthen those muscles, but also like you can prevent it. If you have these strong muscles going into pregnancy and you continue to work out in a way that's pregnancy friendly, you can actually avoid some of these things like SPD. It's absolutely incredible. Okay, Crystal. Thank you so much for being here today. This has been absolutely phenomenal. You've given us so much wisdom and I really, really appreciate it. Listeners, thanks for hanging out with us today. If you're listening on the podcast, be sure to check us out on YouTube and Instagram. And if you're watching us on YouTube, we'll see you next week. Head over to our Instagram and say hi until then. Bye. Bye guys. Hope your crotch is feeling well after this. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I truly do value this community and I love hanging out with you. If you found today's episode helpful, share it with a friend. Share it with someone who might also find this information helpful. I'd love to hear what you have to say and read your sweet words on iTunes. You can leave us a review and this helps get this information into the hands of parents who might also benefit from hearing it. If you're interested in joining the Birth Lounge, 
you can go to thebirthlounge.com. Our blog is linked there. You can find all sorts of free information as well as how to get your access to The Birth Lounge. You can always hang out with me on Instagram as well, at Tranquility by Hehe. Until then, stay educated, stay supported, stay confident. Hey there, just a friendly reminder that nothing in this podcast is to be used as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your healthcare provider with any questions or concerns you have about your health or anything discussed in this podcast. Side effects may include educated adults, informed decision-making skills, and consensual care. Tranquility by Hehe and the Birth Lounge are not responsible for any ideal births that were created with this podcast. The birth parent deserves all the credit.